We forget a lot of things, of course. Many of us probably have had the experience of walking into a room and then just, you just kind of stare blankly because you forget what you've walked in for. Uh, some of you, it sounds like haven't had that experience. You didn't know exactly what I was talking about. That's good. Just wait. We forget to water plants and forget to return phone calls. We forget where we put our keys and what someone told us to do. We forget more than we remember. Well, today in the Philippians passage, Paul gives us an image that may help us to forget the right things. The image befits the past few weeks on Wall Street. It's a balance sheet with a column with two columns of gains and losses. Paul, though, is thinking in broader terms than a retirement account. He's setting down his thoughts about the currency, so to speak, of what matters in life and what does not matter. Picture your own balance sheet in your head, your own gains and losses. What would you list in the gains column? Whose names would you scratch down in that list. Would you add to that list anything about overall good health? Would you add the name of a pet? Would you add eyesight to see beauty? Would you add this church, your home, God, Jesus, the ability to read, enough money to give some away, I think it would be a really interesting thing to spend the rest of the hour going around the room and finding out what you write on your gains column. We won't do that, but it would be interesting. It would be fun. Because all of us can list many things in that gains column, things that are meaningful to us, that brighten our spirits and our egos. Paul gives us his list of his resume his impressive resume, that's in his gains column, his Jewish pedigree, his earlier zeal at persecuting Christians and churches, and his righteousness under the great law of Moses. And these would have caught the attention of the people listening to his letter being read, the way we might feel if we met a Bill Moyers or a Beth Moore or another great person of faith. But now imagine doing what Paul does. It's as if he takes a knife and cuts out almost everything on the side of the papyrus marked gains, and he smacks it down onto the lost side. Forget that stuff. One lone item remains in the gains column. And that is knowing Christ Jesus as his Lord. The dogs, the evil workers, those who hold so tightly to the law of Moses, these are what preceded our verses today. Their balance sheet, he is saying, is out of balance. They think what we do in this life is worth the most. But all the good things we do matter not at all without knowing Christ Jesus as Lord. The weight 
of knowing Christ Jesus as Lord overpowers every good thing that we would have had in that gains column. He uses a very strong word. It's translated garbage or rubbish. Everything else is garbage compared to knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, he says. Now, you've walked by a dumpster. You know how they smell. It's unpleasant. Everything we count as a blessing stinks, he says, in relation to the joy and power, the peace and strength that come from knowing Christ Jesus as our Lord. If I walk up to you at a party and we converse for a few minutes, I might go away from our conversation knowing your name or not, knowing one or two things about you, knowing a couple of people we have in common, and our initial meeting with Jesus Christ might be something similar. Hey, how you doing? How's the weather up there? You had much rain lately? What brings you here? Not every relationship, but almost every relationship begins right there on the surface level. Just basic questions. It only deepens with time and conversation and effort. And it gets even stronger with conflict and suffering. Paul knew of Jesus' suffering. And he was willing to partake in that, he said, to know Jesus better. Like him, we also have to be willing to disagree with people and yet maintain respect for them and for our deepening relationship. It's the co-workers who didn't like each other but grew closer when they were forced to complete a difficult project together. It's the couple that gets through a health crisis that brings them closer. It's the church members setting aside their disagreements about the carpet color or the paint color or even what happens in worship for the sake of the relationship and for the sake of God and each other. In the book Weathering Heights, Mr. Earnshaw brings home an orphan boy. And his two kids at first don't take to this orphan boy very well. And yet the father showers him with affection and all kinds of wonderful possessions that he never would have had because he felt so sorry for him. But instead of being thankful for these things that he receives, he become, feels like he's entitled to them. And so when he doesn't have the things that he wants later in life, he becomes bitter. And his bitterness eventually leads to the death of the one he loves the most. And eventually leads to his own death. He couldn't forget the right things. And he couldn't remember the right things. Now, we can't forget everything. We hear that phrase, forgive and forget, and we know that there are things in our past that perhaps haunt us. And we can't forget them. And yet, 
we can, if they have their tentacles around us, pull their tentacles away one by one with the help of Jesus Christ and let them release their grasp on us. At this table, we forget the right things and we remember the right things. We forget our weaknesses and our egos And we remember to devote ourselves to the Christ who shows us how to live a new life. This resurrection living that Paul speaks of. We forget our isolation and remember the importance of community. We forget our hunger as we share literally with each other the elements of life. That's one wonderful thing about the way we have communion is that we are literally offering the body and the blood of Christ to each other. We are sharing Christ with each other. 